Welcome to tonight's special event at the Apple Store Regent Street in London. Please welcome from Edify, Liam Klimick and Will Reed. Thank you, thank you. We have actually done this before, if you believe it or not. Um, welcome with, with our guests again, Martha, Tilly, Nettie and Emma. Thanks very much for joining us. Um, we do lots of stuff like this, so, so check us out on, online. And without further ado, we should get going. Good evening, everybody. Um, so we're going to talk about breaking into the music industry this evening with these four ladies. Um, I guess uh, the best thing to do is get an intro from everybody. Uh, Emmy, you look ready to go. So if you could tell everybody uh, who you are and, and what you do. Yeah. Um, hi, I'm Emma. Um, I work at a booking agency called NGE Booking. Um, and I also tour manage a artist called Route 94. We'll move it down the line. Thank you. Uh, I'm Nettie, and I have a music management company called Blank Music, and I have a record label called Polkadot Recordings. I'm Tilly, and I work for Mixmag. It's the world's biggest dance music magazine. I work for Mixmag TV. Yeah. I'm Martha, uh, I work at Radio 1 on Annie Nightingale and Pete Tong's shows and I make documentaries as well. Uh, and I also do a show on Represent Radio which is a youth station in South London. Awesome, thank you very much. Um, so, um, a, a formidable way that we like to start the show tends to come with, before we get to the present day, way before that, we like to talk about sort of what you guys were doing before being involved in your, in your current positions. Um, Emma, again, if I start with you, what were you doing before you sort of entered a, a role or a career in the music industry? Um, I was doing something completely different. I was actually working with special needs kids and uh, wanting to be a teacher. I don't know why I wanted to do that, to be honest. Um, and did that for two years. Decided that I really, really didn't like it. It wasn't me at all. And thought, well, what do I really like? I really enjoyed music. It was my passion. So decided to um, get involved where I could and then I've ended up where I am today. So. That's cool. Does anyone else have any sort of, has anyone else sort of come from a very different field, like teaching or anything outside of I the I was in a school? call centre. Well, I was in school. I'm 21, uh, so I haven't been in the music industry for very long. But yeah, I was just like in school and I worked in a call centre. But it's actually been really helpful because you still have to get callers on the phone at Radio 1 and stuff. So... <laughs> Slightly different uh, topics of conversation, yeah, I assume. Yeah. <laughs> and so, Martha, taking that first step, you're in a call centre. When did you sort of think, okay, I'd like to change things up a little bit from the call centre? Um, well, I guess it kind of started when I was 16, when I kind of like rocked into Represent, which was like our youth club, and it was like on the bottom of the estate. And it was just the activity that you did there was radio. Uh, and like they gave you your own show quite quickly because it was just a kind of like open thing where anyone could come through the door. So that was like my first step. Uh, and then I just became obsessed with like finding new music and spent like a good percentage of my life on SoundCloud, like scrolling through and finding things and then just having like an audience to share them with. So I guess it kind of, well, it all started with Represent really. That's cool. Nay, how was, what was your sort of first step? 
Um, yeah, I think mine was the same, like quite similar in that I was always kind of um, like listening to music, always hunting out stuff on SoundCloud, really, really engrossed in it. And I actually didn't think it was ever possible to have a career in music. I just, it didn't really come into my head. Um, and then I did like writing, freelance, stuff like that, that for me was just, it led to something, but it was quite, I don't know, it just felt quite pointless and quite, it just didn't make any money. And then, uh, yeah, and then I guess I got a job, an internship at a label, and then it went on from there. Tilly, talking about the writing, uh, yeah, and being involved at Mixmag. Oh, well, um, part of my job is we all pitch for features. We sit down, we talk about artists, events, and if, they, if the editor chooses them, you get to write them. But the, the main part of my job is Mixmag TV, so the streaming. And how I got involved with that is because I was working in TV production and I decided I love the sunshine, I love music. I'm going to make my own channel in Ibiza. So I wrote to Cafe Mambo and said... I'm going to come out, I can interview people, I'll edit the videos, I'll work the cameras, I'll run the channel, set up a channel for you, give me a job. Just absolute proper Del Boy. I didn't think in a chance they would write back and say yes. Two weeks later, I was on a plane to Ibiza. Spanish bosses don't speak Spanish, can barely edit, didn't have a clue. But I was just like, do you know what, if I don't do it, I'm not going to do it. Did that for three years, it was really good. Um, they loved it, came back to London, wrote to Mixmag, just like, oh, on a whim, I'll come in, do journalism. They said, but just set up a TV channel, come on board. That's that. I mean, that's a pretty good story. I know. I mean, seriously, but I just took a chance. I knew I could actually do it, but there was a lot of people that were like, what are you doing? First of all, you're going to Ibiza. Can you concentrate? Are you just going to party? Are you going to really dedicate? But being like one of the only people there that has, this was a career, I'm not there to doss about you have to get the balance. I did it. And Emma, was your first step anywhere near as audacious as that? Pretty much. Um, <laughs> yeah, I drove around my current boss on a golf buggy. So, I mean, that's pretty ridiculous. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I actually... <laughs> I turned down an interview at uh, Ministry of Sound when I came out of university that a friend got me. He's put me forward for it and said, you'd be perfect for this job. Um, I decided that I wanted to go into teaching and bizarrely it still baffles me why. Um, so did that and then last summer, uh, yeah again I haven't been working in it that long, 13 months. Um, so last summer I decided I would quit my job in teaching and I hit up a couple of friends who were working, um, did a couple of artist liaison jobs at a couple of different festivals and at one of the festivals, um, I was artist liaison for the DJs that we currently represent at the booking agency. And that's where I met my current boss. Um, and again, yeah, drove around on a golf cart, uh, sort of showed off my skills a bit. And then um, went in for an interview on the Wednesday and it was more just like, well, when can you start? So um, yeah, similar experience. So pretty good at driving a golf cart. Well, really absolutely fantastic. <laughs> Okay. Number one skill you need. <laughs> um, and so now you guys are sort of, you know, you've, your careers have developed a fair bit. I hope you don't mind me sort of picking you up. Um, no. <laughs> do you see, do you, you know, if you think back to those, those, that period, you know, where you were making that first step, do you see younger guys doing similar things, kind of approaching you, um, Tilly over at Mixmag? Are there, are there young guys who are doing exciting stuff like you were doing? 
Yeah, definitely. And if I think back, 2009 was when I started the channel and I didn't have a clue about YouTube. Now, obviously, I work, we live and breathe it. Like, And, you know, there's young kids now that just know so much that c the potential to earn money, that was never why I was there. I was literally there to l work in music and live in the sunshine. So, you know, there's so many kids that are just, in, they just know so much on your tail. You know, it's... Annette, is that similar with, with Blank as well? What do you mean? Do you have uh, some whippersnappers sort of knocking at your door? Yeah, we do. We have people like come in and just help out and it's really nice. So I feel like Blank's very much like kind of about a collective and it's good to have like, I think it's about contacts a lot of the time and just seeing how things go and just trying stuff out. So yeah, it's really important. You always have to help people, always. Just on that one, that fits in quite nicely. Like how important do you think it is to start doing stuff before there's money in it, like before before there's a job in it, just working hard, as you say, like trawling trawling SoundCloud. What to me? To to everyone, like it, it's an important oh, step. It's right? essential. You have to. Obviously, the Mambo thing. I went out there on a wage, but when I started at Mixmag, just like everyone does, you start as an intern. You prove yourself. You work really hard. You're dedicated, and you know, eventually, if if the role is right for you, you'll find your place. And obviously it's very important, you know, to give young people to come in for work experience and different placements to help encourage them, nurture them, you know, and, you, you know, you're dealing with the people from... Yeah, but I mean, I think as well, I think you need to go in with the understanding that you will probably have to work for free uh, for a certain amount of time. But if you really love it enough, then it, it doesn't matter. Because then when you've worked for a certain amount of time and you've proved yourself and you've, like, got a position in that company that you have done all by yourself with obviously you know mentoring and training which we've all had it's completely essential that um you know that's the step you take to do it you cannot click your th fingers and sort of expect to get a job in this and make loads of money and you know there are some maybe formats of the media that show off this career as being ridiculous and champagne flying everywhere all the time like there's no, it's it's hard yeah <laughs> It's it's a it's a struggle. It's a it's like a long graft if you want to make money in it, but you do it because you love it. So, I also think that like when you're a bit younger, it's um, more fulfilling to like work for yourself and like create something that you're really proud of. Because I'm not really the sort of person that's very good at like saying, "Look at all this stuff that I've done." Uh, I'd much rather like make something and show it to someone and like send them a link or something, uh, so that I don't have to be like, "I made this. Look how great I am." I'd rather just like. <laughs> Be like, oh, here's this thing I made. Like, listen to it if you want. Like, you don't have to. It's fine. <laughs> I, I think it's like better to create something and then let that speak for you to a certain extent. And do you think it's important to like have your your just on that one? Like, when you're making this stuff, do you think it's important that your name's attached to it and that your name's growing a bit of kind of kudos? Or do you not think that's important because you're putting it in front of people? Um, we should probably say that yeah, it is important. Uh, so that you no, get say, recognized. Say what, say what you feel. Uh, so that you get recognized, but I've never really like done that so far. I've just been like, I just make stuff because I really like making it, and like I just do the show and represent because I really love the music and I think other people should hear it. And like I've made documentaries for Radio One and One Extra, and they don't say like produced by like they do on Radio Four. They don't have that on Radio One, which like I'm like phew. Because <laughs> I'd just be like, no, I'd rather just like people enjoy the content that I create and I don't mind if they know that I made it or not. But then when you want to get a job, it's a different story. So. I think self-branding is quite important though. Like, I think it's important to be like all the time online showing what you do and like having your name associated to stuff, kind of. I do think it's important. Just getting yourself out there a bit. Yeah, and just having some kind of like Instagram or like things like that. I think it is important to be self-branding.
Cool. And just yeah, go on. I, I was just going to say, like, I've been at certain events and stuff because, I mean, obviously our careers differ quite a lot. Um, we work in different areas, yeah. but they're different. So, for example, one of what I need to do, especially when I'm tour managing, is go and meet promoters, meet other people. And I've had people come up to me with no idea who they are and be like, oh, you're Emma, you work at this. And I'm like, yeah, hi, nice to meet you. No idea who they are, but they know who I am for whatever reason, whatever platform. I must have done something right so hopefully yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and j just going back skipping back once um we talked about uh approaching people and offering to do stuff for free how how receptive do you think um people are to uh to newcomers coming over and saying look i want to get involved can you help be that in a mentoring way be that in a offering unpaid work or in a listening to stuff that kind of stuff do you think? Do you think there's uh, things people are receptive? Because there might be a misconception that perhaps. What do you aren't. mean? As in, uh, like, are the industry receptive to people? Yeah. So, are the people that could say yes or no to you getting on board and helping in some? Capacity I think it was really hard to receptive? get into music initially. I think, especially if you're like trying to get into major labels and stuff like that, it's very much about like who you know, and it's it is quite hard. But you just have to persevere really and just, well, yeah, find find a way in. Um, when I obviously the contacts I'd made in Ibiza. I was looking after, like, it was people like David Guetta, Swedish House Mafia, not necessarily my musical preference, but big people in the scene. So you're looking after their managers, looking after them. So I had quite a good base of contacts when I came back. But still, having spent three years seeing them, like, nearly every week, I still felt nervous to contact them. But there's people like Simon Dunmore at Defected, Ben Turner at Graphite. I wrote to them just like, listen, I don't know if I want to do A&R management. I'm a bit confused. I've I really, I want to stay in Ibiza, but it's time to come back to London. And both of them were so helpful. And simultaneously, I was sort of getting involved with Mixmag. But I was just like, wow, especially Ben Turner. I mean, if you don't know who he is, you probably should. But <laughs> yeah, Google him. But yeah, no, and I was really amazed. And he would just, like, emails just like, okay, Tills, you've got to do this. Like, try this. Like, there's loads of different avenues. And I was like, oh, fair one. Do you know what I mean? He, he took the time and he's very busy. So perhaps not asking for jobs and stuff, but asking for assistance and help might be a, the right way to go. Yeah, I mean, I think like it's all part and parcel. I think if you're putting yourself out there in the first place, you're the kind of person that will succeed in working in music. Like everyone has to, everyone has to start at some point. Everyone has to be that person that asks for a favor or asks for some advice. Like I've definitely been there, do you know what I mean? So you doing it to somebody who you may consider quite small or a friend or whatever, or to, somebody that runs Sony it really doesn't matter like the fact that you're taking that first step to be like I would like just a little bit of advice some feedback on something I've written like whatever it is you're you're the one that's taking the first step and that's what employers will look at and it's essential really because then they see you as that kind of person yeah I think yeah it's advice not asking for a job yeah. but just being like can I have your advice and then like, people will always like respond like to have a mentor is really important and also, don't be scared to follow things up. When I first emailed Mixmag for work experience and Sean replied, he'd mentioned I forwarded your email to Digby, the Mixmag TV boss. You'll hear from him. I didn't hear anything for a few days. And my dad was like, you need to follow it up. And I was like, no, I can't. That will annoy them. They're going to think like I'm bugging them. He was like, do it. Sent an email straight away in contact. Having now worked with Digby, he, you can imagine they get so many people get so many emails, you might start replying to someone, someone makes you a cup of tea and you're off and the next thing you've forgotten and just like keep on at it. Obviously don't like badger them too much, but definitely even if you think, oh, you know, I've just emailed, like give it a couple of weeks, just keep, keep going because you've got to persevere. 
I think that's the, the first thing that you have to learn is like the fine line between harassment and what is okay. <laughs> I think once you've mastered that, you're pretty much good to go. Nice. Everyone mastered it, yeah. yeah. Um, so just on that one, what are the biggest lessons that you learned in, in that first bit when you were, when you were getting in? Um, um, what do you think is the most important thing for other people to... What if, if you could um, not have to learn something new if you were doing it again, what would it be? Don't all jump at once. Um, I think... Uh, I don't know if I'd do any of it differently, to be honest. I just think that um, I, <laughs> I had good, good friends around me, good contacts in place, um, and wasn't afraid to sort of just, you know, if you do feel a bit embarrassed or that you are, put, you know, like the girls mentioned, where you feel like you're harassing somebody, nine times out of ten, they won't even remember who you are, like the first few times you email them. So a little bit of harassment is actually okay. Um, this has been recorded. Yeah. Um, I also think the challenge of like internships going on and on and on, and like there's like, I don't know, they can go on for a long time and you're not making money for quite a long time. So do something of your own. What? So like take your heed and do something of your own. Yeah, exactly. It's right. Oh, I've got one. It's a really boring one, but learning a tiny bit about tax because if you're self-employed, that can be like a really scary thing, <laughs> and they don't teach it in school. Um, but if you can get any sort of small class or like Google it or something, then it'll be really helpful. Um, it's obvious. Like work very hard. Like try and meet as many people as you can like build up your network of people you always learn whenever you can like different skills like you know if you get the opportunity keep them in your arsenal you've got it like that's cool so covering sort of things developing um and making your own sort of you know blossoming we're gonna we're going we, this chapter is called blossoming oh what a lovely word what have your what have your highlights been sort of you know it's been a long summer and uh you guys are doing some really incredible stuff at the moment um Martha, if we start with you, what, what, what's the sort of highlight to date? Um, had a really good highlight a few weeks ago. I station-coordinated Bestival Radio. Uh, it's like my fourth time at Bestival Radio, uh, but my first time like running it alongside Tayo. Uh, and it was amazing. It was a really good turnout. We, had, we basically book acts from the lineup to come and do their own radio shows for an hour. Uh, we've had some really incredible acts, like everyone from like Scream doing an indie show to like Ragga Twins doing some amazing stuff. Um, Candy Staten passing through, Nile Rogers giving us a little message. All sorts of crazy things happened. And also it's a, in a porter cabin in a field in a festival. And it's just a really crazy little bubble. So that was like a good highlight. And also I had a documentary on One Extra, which has been uh, the most listened to One Extra Stories documentary. And that was about future R&B with the wonderful Jamila Walters, who is a face that you should all know about. And she's an up-and-coming DJ and presenter. So keep an eye out for her. Thank you, Tilly. Um, we had a series of streams in Ibiza. We did um, Nicole Mudabear from Space, uh, Darius Sorosian, DJ Sneak from Sankey's. Oh, we did quite a lot, but the main one was Ashwai. We did Ants, Nick Fanchuli and Yoris Vaughan. And just seeing how far we've developed as a stream team, you know, when the lab, which is, um, we have a party every Friday in our office and people can watch live, we have all the DJs play, started off like little webcams to what we are now, like five cameras, you know, HDMI's, this SDI's, that like a full-blown production, low let everything. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, not not SDI's like that. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, just like it's it, and there's only three of us, and we work it. And obviously, Ashwire is massive, and you know, trying to get all the dancers and the pyros, and it was 
it'd been torrential rain in the day and, and just the way the stream came out and it was amazing and everyone involved was really happy and just like just seeing how far we'd come was we were pretty proud that's great thank you <laughs> Nettie. Um, our highlight was going on tour, I guess, to Australia with one of my artists. That was really fun. Um, uh, Travelling is a really big plus in management. Also getting my own office, which is really exciting. So, yeah, it's been nice. Well, whilst, we're just, whilst you just touched on tours, I'm going to go a little off piece. Yeah. I mean, how, how intense and how overwhelming was organising a tour across in Australia? Uh, I didn't organise it, the booking agent did, but I went along and it was actually really, really stressful being on it, if I'm honest. We like went to like um, five places in Australia, New Zealand and Singapore and China in like 10 days, which was pretty intense, with an artist that loves to get wrecked. Um. Uh, yeah, so um, I... My highlight was when I became Runofor's tour manager. I actually only do the UK, so I don't have to do five countries in 10 days, luckily. Um, but I started off where I met one of his management out and we were discussing Glastonbury and he was like, oh, you're looking forward to coming? And I was like, actually, I'm not coming. Like, I can't really afford to go. I need to be in the office. So he asked me to uh, take his ticket because he was already DJing there anyway and tour manage Rowan, um, who then at Glastonbury asked me if I would be his UK tour manager after it went quite well. So I've been doing that all summer and collectively, he's done a couple more than me actually. I've had to go and have a sleep, but he's, we've done about 18 festivals this summer, just in the UK. So it's, uh, it's been pretty intense. Yeah, when things are so party orientated, how, how uh, difficult is it to be professional? Uh, pretty easy because yeah you've got to drive so it's like okay. yeah it's not that hard to be honest but when you when you see it as your job like it's your job you're there to do it and yeah the artists can do what they want friends girlfriends whoever but you're there to do a certain thing and until that job is done you you have a certain like um obviously you need to behave in a certain way basically have any of you guys struggled with that transition where it's like, oh, this was really fun last week and now, it's, now I'm a professional? <laughs> no, at Mixed Mag, we've got the balance. We like to think we've got the balance. We can party really hard, but when it comes down to it, you get your job done. And for us, the streaming, once we've finished streaming, we've packed up all the kit because you've got a lot of kit with you, then we can be like, okay, cool. It's time to enjoy ourselves and have a laugh. It can be really intense sometimes though because I was working full time and then like DJing most weekends and I was kind of beginning to get like a bit ill. It was quite intense. So you have to like really look after yourself. I recommend a NutriBullet. Oh, amazing. It's a game changer, uh, it's game like, changer. It's like a juicer. Um, so I just put like loads of spinach and kale and water in. Yeah. Gone a bit delicious. off topic, sorry. Out of 5% <laughs> NutriBullets. <laughs> I agree, though. Um, I mean, I also, it's, you have to look after yourself when you're doing jobs like this because it is intense. And um, like Martha, I work in the office Monday to Friday with the booking agent and the team that I work with. And then I do uh, the tour management on the weekend. It's incorporated, but it is a separate job. So you're ending up working six, seven days a week and it's exhausting. And so you, you, you have to look after yourself. Like, otherwise, it can just get on top of you. And it's yeah. quite, yeah, it's a bit so much. So with things sort of, getting a bit exhausting from time to time. What's, what's the sort of biggest challenge that you guys have faced in you know, recent memory? Not just to do with being exhausted. <laughs> it's, it's all easy. 
well, for a start, learning to say no to things. Like we, I work in the office as well during the week and then we'll travel a lot doing the streams and you want to go to all these things you're invited to because it's fun and also you've got to keep your ear to the ground, especially when we're pitching artists, we want to hear new things, be at new events, know what's going on. But sometimes you've just got to be like, oh, enough, like I have to not go to that. And yeah, it takes you quite a long time to work that out and you have to do a couple of press trips where you kind of lose lose the plot a bit to actually be like, okay, cool, right, now I've learned the lessons. It's just natural when every single person has to go through it really. Yeah, definitely saying no. Yeah, I mean, um, I think it gets to a certain point where you do you learn from everything, like without a doubt, like every single thing that you decide to throw yourself into, and then you think, oh, actually, that was that wasn't the best idea. Um, we've all definitely been there, um, but yeah, you live and you learn from it. I mean, it, it happens all the time. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so if we move on now, um, looking forward. Uh, are there any sort of is there anything that in your current positions that you guys are currently particularly excited about being involved with sort of specific to your role at your respective companies Martha if we start with you over at like represent and radio one what's yeah. going on what's uh, coming up so represents like growing massively all the time I think there's about 80 young presenters now everyone that's on air is under 25 years old um, most of them are from like the kind of less great parts of London uh, um, they don't have any like prior radio experience represents like the first platform that they've been able to be on uh, so it's an amazing place to be and just going in there is just seeing more and more young people like getting even younger and being on air just like coming straight from school to do their radio shows and that sort of thing it's really inspiring and also it's a really good place to test out ideas because uh, working at Radio 1 you're obviously creating content for young people but a lot of the people that work at Radio 1 aren't that young um, so it's really great for me to like still be really in touch with people that are like still in school and stuff, um, even though I am still quite young. <laughs> so we've got loads going on with Represent, and then with my own show, uh, we're like developing the video side of it, um, and then that is like a game plan so that I'll learn all about video content that I can then take to Radio One, who are um, expanding their YouTube all the time and stuff. So I want to learn how to be good at that so I can then take it into the workplace. That's cool. Until now, the summer's over. What are you up to? Um, for us, I sort of touched on it, worded it really badly earlier, but basically um, we have Mixmag Media Network and it's the biggest um, online community on YouTube of channels. We've got over 20 million subscribers, over 200 million views a month. Um, other channels that are now in our Mixmag Media Network, Ausla, Spinning, UKF, loads of others. So, um, you know, we're part of a big family. We're always sort of you know, doing lots of content. And for Mixmag TV, we've got loads of exciting documentaries and new shows that we produce and edit in-house and out-house. So got a lot of good stuff coming up. Be busy. So from a content perspective, is there, any sort of, is there anything particularly that you're looking at? Is it more live streaming or is it more sort of... No, it's um, big brands come to us and we, we create and they commission them like dance music content. So they'll come to us with ideas how they want their brand to be incorporated and we uh, sort of devise ideas and stuff and come up and make shows. But obviously, our primary has been the streams, but this is much more where we're going. We've got, you know, resources and in-house team. So, yeah, it's exciting. That sounds really cool. Yeah. Um, Nessie, how about yourself? Um, we've got, like, a release coming up on the label Polka Dot. So that's going to come out in October. 
Um, we're also like challenging a few ideas with a few other projects I'm doing about streaming only, uh, maybe about tracks not actually existing physically, but doing streaming only releases and things like that. So we're toying with a few ideas at the moment, and we might be starting that on a compilation for one of my artists, who's a radio DJ, Amy Becker. Um, and then, yeah, we've got a US tour for another artist, and yeah, loads of, loads of exciting stuff, really. Go on, Emma. Um, well, we've just obviously finished festival season. It's like straight into club season. But I mean, our ethos uh, at the booking agency, NG, we work as far in advance as possible. So we're already getting in um, as much information and as many shows for December onwards, even January at the moment. Um, and then in terms of tour management, it's um, <laughs> from the festival scene and fields into clubs. So for the foreseeable, it will just be uh, driving around. Um, however, we've got ADE coming up, which is exciting, and which is a music conference in Amsterdam, if anyone doesn't know what that is. Um, and so that will be sort of where the ins and out of the music industry will be in October, really. So, awesome. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, we're going to go on to Q&A in a second, so questions ready. But um, just if there's one bit of, bit of advice that you can impart on anyone that would like to be kind of in your positions, what would it be? Uh, just don't give up, ever. Just if you really, really love it and really want to do it, then you'll make it work. Like, with, regardless of money situation, regardless of how exhausted you are, regardless of anything, if you actually love your job and what you're doing, even if it is interning for free for however many months or working endless hours, you will do it because you love it. And just, yeah, just don't give up. Email those people like you want to work for. Email the companies that you already, you know, for example, if you wanted to work for a booking agency, email a booking agency directly. Don't look for jobs. Don't wait for them to advertise jobs because probably 90% of the time they won't. Like that's how it works. You need to go to them directly. Same as editorial, same as radio, same as management. It, look up those companies and go directly to them um, and ask friends for a helping hand or a bit of advice as well. So, um, Also just be passionate and just like keep the fire that you love it because some people will look at you, you know, people that aren't into music, be like, oh, chill out, like you're really too much into that. No, I'm definitely not. I really love it. And, you know, you've just got to keep the fire. You'll meet that group of people come in the Mixmag office and it's like that. And people are like, yeah, and like, it's an exciting place to be. And that's what, you know, generates the ideas, keeps it fresh and makes you keep enjoying your job. Yeah, and just like meeting as many people as you can and just trying to make it like, yeah, as many contacts as you can. I think that's really, really, really important. Just like a radio one, like if you want to be on the radio, I kind of think the best thing that I've decided is uh, don't listen to anyone and don't listen to anyone's advice. Uh, because I remember one time I had, uh, they like booked me to go for vocal coach training. And I just thought, I just ignored the women the whole time because I don't want a, a voice that like sounds like everyone else who's had that training. Um, so I decided to ignore her and it's been good for me so far. <laughs> cool, thanks very much guys. And it's over to the audience if we've got any questions. At all. Just there. Hi, yeah. Um, so I think when we usually think of like the music industry, it's like very male dominated. So I love the fact that we've got like four women on stage. Did you find it more difficult, like because you're female, breaking into this industry? Um, yes and no. 
I mean, the stats are something like 70% male, 30% female. But if you actually look at who's in charge of most of the main companies and who's actually doing amazingly well, it's a woman. So <laughs> behind every yeah, behind every good man, it's a woman. Like that's definitely 100% true. <laughs> I don't really think so. I think like occasionally you'll get like a people doing like a double take when they see that you're playing this really weird techno. And then I've got girls doing this. Um, but I don't, I don't think that would like ever hold you back or anything. I think if anything, you can make it work for you. It sounds bad, but it might as well. I think it makes it more fun. It's more challenging. Like, I've been to meetings where like, I'm with another guy and we're doing a label together. And then they address the whole conversation at him. And it's like, it's kind of, it just makes me feel more fierce. Any more questions? Hello, ladies. First of all, hats off to all four of you. It's nice to hear a woman's opinion on everything. But starting from Martha going across, what is your ultimate goal with the industry you're in and where you want to get? Uh, I want to run Radio 1. <laughs> Someone asked me this the other day, and I was like, that is what I want to do. But obviously I want to do every single job at Radio 1 so that I know how everyone feels all the time. So I'm going off to work in an indie production company to see like how they do things, because it's a com completely different like world to working in the main building all the time. So I'm going to do that. And then uh, in like five years, I want to set up my own indie company uh, and do that. <laughs> and then I'll run Radio 1. <laughs> um, being as far as Mixmag TV, just keep growing the channel, just keep you know, making good content, just getting better and better at everything we do and just you know, keep doing the lab and yeah. Um, yeah, manage artists that are getting like number one albums again and again and again and again. Uh, I want to basically be my boss. Um, I want to be a booking agent. I want to, yeah, I want to be an agent to big artists. Basically, that's the way. That's the only way it can go. Literally, dream big. Like Martha is gonna run Radio One. End of. Anybody else? Hello, thanks. Um, I just wanted to go back to the personal branding bit that you were talking about earlier. Um, and have you seen any examples during your career so far of people who've done that really well? Um, and if you haven't, have you seen any examples of people who've done it really badly? Good question. I think Annie Mack's personal brand is really strong. Um, and I really like the way that she kind of brings in people using her brand. And um, she's always had like really good graphics and it's like the same for Monkey and really distinctive so you know when it's an Animat Presents event it's like really strong look and she's kind of stuck with it I think she recently changed it but she's stuck with it for a really long time so it was like a good amount of time to know that that means Animac. Yeah, I just think branding's so important, I swear by it. But I don't want to give any like bad examples, but good examples I guess would be like labels like XL, um, certain, yeah, loads of, yeah, I don't know. There's loads of stuff. I really like Reggie Snow's branding at the moment, stuff like that. Even when it's a bit more subtle, it can be really, really strong. I'm a big fan of uh, Jungle's branding. I think they're really, really cool. Um, that we actually went to their album launch on top of a rooftop and this guy was wearing this leather jacket and I was like, oh my gosh, look at that leather jacket, it's amazing. Yeah, this is before they actually did have them, it was just a sticker, but I was so sure that it was like this sewn in, hand stitched thing. No, it was literally just a sticker that somebody stuck on his back. But again, I fell for it. So, you know, if I think their branding's pretty cool. 
they've done very well out of their stuff. So. Was there a question in the middle here? Uh, and then we'll go over there after that. What's it like to be under 30 and smashing it? <laughs> Solid question. Amazing. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, I think yeah. If you can, if you can start doing this young, then you're in, you're in for a long career. You, you can try out different things, see what you want to do. It's all about learning. So. Hey there. Uh, how do uh, new uh, dance artists get noticed? Good PR. Definitely good PR. So what does that mean to an artist who knows nothing about anything? Um, I think a good dance artist gets noticed by, um, well, for a start, like having some kind of like music online and sending it out to the right people. I think it's really hard. Like I get sent a lot of music all the time. And if I'm honest, it's like music that I actually find that I really like because I kind of feel like I've got some more ownership over it, which is really egotistical but like um and then i think it's about basically getting a really good pr again branding um your image and just kind of thinking of all those channels that are really really important for getting yourself out there and then everything else. yeah no i would agree with all of those but also what's happening now is like kind of finding yourself in the right kind of group if you think of all the really successful groups you've got your little hot natured crew you've got the different crews and they all sort of are a family and they bring up all the the newer artists that might not necessarily have been on the radar but they've got all these people like Patrick Topping and Waff they'll make a tune and you've got Jamie Jones you've got the whole lot playing them DC10 then it just all builds obviously the PR is a massive one but try and find you know or make your own little little crew does help Everyone has one as well. I mean, like you can, it depends what kind of style your music is. But for example, they've got like the Rinse family who will nurture and like put you up through like radio, things like that. That's a really good way to get your music out where you have just one DJ, one artist, one producer that's gone, oh, actually, yeah, this guy in my inbox, I'm going to play it on this radio show or to a crowd. It depends as well. Obviously, if you want to be a DJ as well as a producer, then you need to play out obviously show your stuff if you get a good crowd reaction you know look into getting an agent at some point it's sort of like stepping stones basically and just general marketing think you have a really clever way to come in like just not being obvious and following the same way that everyone else does it thinking trying to be clever and challenge things and like be a bit more inventive is there any examples of recent sorry recent examples of when you have given something a listen and have thought actually yeah we'll try this out that someone could actually we always at mixmag we genuinely on the promo list you get all the promos sent we all listen because we're everyone in the office is a bit competitive you want to find that next thing you want to be the one that goes look what i've just found because none of you have heard this like, so make sure you get your get your tracks on those sort of lists so people do you know get to hear it because people do listen it's important to know that people are constantly looking for new stuff as well. It isn't just like, oh, we found it. All right, cool. Block off emails. It's actually like never ending. You are still looking constantly for the next big thing. So. Uh, and have we got time for one more at the back? It's for Nessie. How important do you think branding and marketing is versus credible talent? So we've talked a lot about the branding and marketing. Talent is there still space always. for just great music? But, but put quite a lot of emphasis on uh, marketing <laughs> and branding and you were saying how important awareness is before so that versus well I think talent. the two exist they but they both exist like together that's really important that you can't have one without the other but I do think that like talent will always lead see I would say branding marketing and an artist that works hard will get further than talent because I've seen plenty of extremely talented people that haven't got those other elements and they're just kind of lost 
because it's a sea of people. It's very competitive, and you just got to keep be very tenacious and just like. Phew. Is it a case of maybe using branding to get your foot in the door and then smashing it with some talent? Uh, what do you mean? So to m get people to look at you, to get people to give you a chance. Yeah, I think talent's pointless unless it looks good, really, and everything looks really tight. Yeah. And there you go. Cool. Guys, I think we're finished. Uh, thank you all very much for joining us. I hope you found this informative. This, uh, this will be a podcast available um, in a week or so. And uh, in the meantime, you can keep up to date with what we're doing at Edify LDN. Thanks very much Cheers, to guys. our panel as well. Cheers. <laughs>